G'day, this is Anthony Walsh, uh, a banking and finance partner at Denton's, joining you with my construction partner, Marcus Graham, for another Time Out with Denton's podcast. In our series, looking at situations and issues arising as a result of COVID-19. It's good to be talking about the construction industry and the fact that it has been impacted in many, many different ways as a result of COVID-19. Clearly, it's a challenging environment for the construction industry in the normal course because of the low margins they tend to run with their particular contracts and the management of those contracts in terms of delivery outcomes and other stakeholders during the course of that process. We're seeing across the industry a need to look at what's being presented to us today and adapt. And certainly you've seen the state governments and the Commonwealth government address various issues by, for instance, increasing an ability to be able to undertake works across seven days and also an ability to be more flexible in terms of the social isolation requirements that are generally required across the population. So on that note, Marcus, I'd just like to turn to you. Obviously, you're very in the thick of the construction industry at the moment. And how do you think COVID-19 has impacted the manufacturing and supply of equipment and also the construction industry in general? Thanks, Anthony. Um, I think it's clear that the outbreak of the COVID-19 has seen cities and towns across the world um, be placed into lockdown. And this has had an impact on the construction industry in Australia and, and globally more broadly. China's dominant role as the world's factory means that many major disruptions put global supply chains at risk. Highlighting this, I think, is the fact that many of the Fortune 500 manufacturing and supply firms have a presence in or around Wuhan, the highly industrialised province where the outbreak originated and which has been hardest hit. Uh, many construction programs were and are dependent on the supply of materials from China. Many of the manufacturing and supply companies have been forced to shut down. This has created delays in the supply of those materials. Marcus, just to, to jump in on that one. So just from a, even from a practical, you know, not even focusing on social isolation or, or social distancing, that is, from a practical outcome, you know, being able to build, getting the products and getting the manufacturing is being hampered by the supply chain and, and in turn being able to deliver those to the site. And, and that is a real issue that builders are dealing with at the moment. Yeah, I think that's right, Anthony. I think that's on two levels. So I think originally and currently still, there was actually a delay on the manufacturing and supply of the materials themselves. And I think, secondly, there is actually supply chain and delay issues that we're seeing now. That's a very interesting perspective because, you know, a lot of the focus in terms of COVID-19 has been around social distancing and being able to do the work um, when work is available. But interestingly, as you say, if the suppliers are not getting the necessary equipment or um, materials to the site, then there's nothing to build because you don't have that. So... I guess it adds an additional dimension to to what a lot of businesses are focusing on at the moment. Yeah, I think just to be clear, so originally we saw delays. There's a number of different delays impacting construction projects generally. So, um, and they're on different levels. So we're seeing delays from the supply chain, both manufacturing and the delivering of those equipment. And I'll talk to that point a little bit more in a minute. But just to address that question, we're actually also seeing now an impact at a practical level on projects, and that's in relation to both 
social or probably more appropriately physical distancing. So we're seeing construction clients of mine that are implementing the best measures that they can in relation to physical distancing. And that's actually having an impact on programs and the time in which it takes to build the actual project or construction project itself. So coming back to that point around supply chains, where are we up to currently, you think, Marcus, in terms of, you know, both globally and locally? What I'm being told from clients is that the manufacturing of of supply materials out of China is actually now being ramped back up and it's close to where it was pre-COVID-19. So there was a significant pause of four to six weeks within those regions where manufacturing had stopped and then China started the manufacturing and they're slowly ramping back up to where they were pre-COVID-19. The actual delay I understand now is more of a supply chain. So there's a backlog of you know, packing in containers, putting containers on the boats, shipping them out to Australia, unpacking them and delivering them to site. They're starting to work through those delays. And I think as time progresses, those delays will be remedied and rectified and the materials and the supply of those materials will continue. Marcus, I'd be interested to get your perspective on the construction industry across two particular issues. The first one is around social distancing, as I've mentioned before. And just how that's being implemented, given some equipment and um, and other requirements associated with undertaking work on a worksite, requires people to be close together. And the second point revolves around the fact that you're seeing state governments coming out and saying you can work across seven days and how that impacts a particular program and also pricing in terms of the delivery outcomes for developer clients. Um, I think it's important to remember that the social physical distancing rules didn't apply to construction sites. So they're one of the exempt areas. But that's not to say that there was a lot of pressure on them. And I remember seeing in the, in the, in the paper um, a lot of photographs at the time of one particular high-profile project where construction workers weren't otherwise adhering to what is the social distancing rules. Um, and some of those examples were people holding large beams shoulder to sh- shoulder while they were being bolted on. Um, or another one I can recall was a number of people holding concrete pump um, and they were shoulder to shoulder in relation to that. And I think in response to that, construction companies have done their best to adhere to those policies. But at a practical level, construction work involves working in close proximity to other people. So at a practical level, they can't always adhere to those rules. Now, in relation to the second question, Anthony, and on the seven-day working week now, there's been a natural impact at a practical level on a delay on a construction site. And I think state government in New South Wales and other states have got similar rules in play. So the implementation of the seven-day working week by the state government is an attempt to allow construction companies to catch up on what is otherwise a natural delay associated with COVID more broadly and the impacts that it has had on the construction site with these construction contractors trying their best to adhere to the physical distancing rules. That's um, really interesting to hear, Marcus. And, um, you know, as one thing I mentioned at the outset of this was particularly as a general sort of premise, constructors and subcontractors generally run low profit margins associated with this particular work. And I'd be interested to hear how you see the industry approaching, you know, these delays in programs and and the claims associated with that. What we're hearing across the real estate industry and the banking and finance industry is a real sort of 
coming together of different stakeholders to try and develop a resolution to get the outcome that you needed to move forward. Do you think uh, in terms of the overall industry, that's that's where the construction industry is heading? And have you seen much approach to these particular delays in programs, um, which could have the consequence of pushing out timetables as well as increasing costs? Yeah, it's interesting how claims and claims for associated delays are being managed is really different on each project. And that is because an entitlement for a claim or an entitlement for a granting of an extension of time associated with that delay is really a beast of contract. So who has an entitlement to claim and on what basis is really commercial consideration and negotiation the parties had negotiated prior to COVID-19. There's a number of ways that claims can be dealt with under a contract. We're seeing a lot of news in relation to an ability to claim for a force majeure event. Force majeure clauses are creatures of contract that relieves an affected party in circumstances where there is a delaying event outside of that party's control. The meaning and definition of a force majeure really is one that the parties had negotiated on prior to entering into the contract. Typically, you know, a viral disease outbreak or an epidemic or a pandemic, which is what arguably the COVID-19 would fall into, are not included and have not been included in a force majeure event in commercial contracts. Government contracts typically are different and they include a broad definition of force majeure that would include an epidemic or pandemic as part of the definition. Marcus, if I can um, jump in there, taken from, from that particular you know, what contractually has generally been agreed to date. Does it sound to you like there'll be some adaptions to what we provide for in terms of force majeure events as a consequence of COVID-19? Um, and I guess the follow-on from that is that as an industry, do you think there'll be any industry approaches to current contracts that are out the door, notwithstanding that obviously they are very specific to uh, contracts generally in the commercial arrangements? Yes, certainly. I'm assisting clients now drafting much more broad force majeure events um, that would typically take into account the current COVID-19 situation on all the issues that we've talked about today, such as supply chain issues, delays, the impact on the site and the program itself. It's an interesting point, your second one, and that's currently how they're being dealt with now in relation to the delay. So a party may or may not have a strict entitlement to claim for a delay on the COVID-19. But notwithstanding that, a principal or a superintendent that manages a contract on behalf of a principal often has a unilateral ability to grant time, notwithstanding that an event such as COVID-19 may not strictly fall within the definition of a claimable event. And look, I think, Marcus, that is consistent with what we're seeing across the industry is a real sort of, for want of a better term, a community or a collective coming together to try and find resolutions. Obviously, having a strong and robust contract with the various requirements to make it clear is also very important. But having an open and transparent dialogue between principals and contractors is absolutely key at this point in time because to be able to deliver on the, the project is, is essential for all parties. I think that's right. And and often um, I'm seeing a very collegiate approach in relation to trying to overcome this delay, both by the contractor and by the principal. 
Um, there's other parties involved typically in a large-scale project and, you know, financiers, one, you know, commercial tenants that are leasing the premises or individuals that have purchased the premises. So I think it's a matter of all the parties working together to try to overcome this delaying event and the current COVID-19 situation. But I guess just, just back to the sort of point that you were touching on before, generally there will be financial costs, I would imagine, as a result of an extension of time or you know, an inability to get in products at a particular time because the programs are very structured in the contracts that I look at from a banking finance perspective. So there are costs to deal with and is it really clear where those costs will sit or is it really dependent on on the contract as to who, who wears those particular additional costs that might arise as a consequence of COVID-19? It really is dependent upon the terms of the contract as to who wears those costs. Okay, I guess in terms of industry outlook, we've obviously got manufacturing and supply chains improving. We've got situations where we we are getting assistance from the government to enable, you know, programs to keep on time. I guess the the concern in terms of where we're heading as an industry is new projects and the continuation of projects that aren't currently in play and and the appetite to take on new projects and I believe the government will have a large part to play in sort of driving that forward but are you sort of seeing a little little bit of hesitation coming out of this particular market or are you seeing, seeing things sort of play out and, and wait and see and, and then sort of take things forward that are, that are very solid projects? At a commercial level, I'm seeing a slowdown in new projects and, and that's because um, times are uncertain, um, there's not much appetite for finance that typically um, funds the large projects so I think that at the moment I've seen those projects pause, but I'm sure that they'll pick up at some point in time and we'll see a flood of those. But there's no doubt there's going to impact on the industry um, and there's going to be a significant downturn, I think, for a period of time. At a residential level, I'm seeing a lot of construction continuing to happen. So people are spending money or people that have already had the money available to renovate or knock down and rebuild are simply continuing on. I'm also reading at the moment that there's a lot of renovations and alterations happening and people asking and inquiring for smaller works to under, be undertaken. Now, that, that, that's interesting to hear, Marcus, and I certainly just finished a, a build myself and uh, yeah, not the best time, but, but um, it's it's good for the industry. The um, I guess just to summarise, Marcus, if there's one or two things that you believe are worth focusing on from a contractual perspective or from an industry perspective, what would those two things be and what other sort of positives do you see coming out of what we're dealing with at the moment as a collective in terms of our approach to these issues? Yeah, I think it's made people more aware that there are events and delaying events that are outside of the control of either party. And I think it's making those parties now look at that with a fresh set of eyes and say, what do we do? What's in the interest? What's in the best interest of the project and the both parties as to deal with those in the future? And I'm drafting around those provisions so that the more neutral events um, and the party may be entitled to time um, and some costs, um, but the cost profile really do reflect the project itself. Sounds like there's an interesting time and definitely movement across the industry um, in terms of what we're dealing with at the moment. So, Marcus, it's good to have a chat today. And um, to everyone that's listened, thank you for taking some time out with Dentons. And we look forward to speaking with you again shortly. Look after yourself and stay safe.